Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Football Corner. I have Mr. Bharat Kapoor in the studio sitting across to me. Bharat, say what up to the people. What up, people? In this episode, we're going to be talking about match week 20 that just transpired in the EPL. Its effects on the table structure, not first, but everything after that. And we're also going to be discussing our pick for the team of the season thus far. Great to be back after a long break, Vicky. So let's get into it. Let's get this going, man. If you're listening to this, that means you love football, just like we do. You'd love our Facebook group, The Football Corner, where we discuss all things football. Participate in our polls and predictions, and just come introduce yourself. This episode, we're going to be talking about our team of the season, and we'd love to hear what you guys think, and who you think makes the cut for the team of the season thus far. The group is called the Football Corner. You guys can also find us on Twitter at Football Babas. That's at Football Babas B A B A S. Don't forget to put your team in the formation. This episode of the Football Corner is sponsored by Makers Box. a maker space in Sproutbox Surya Vilas in New Delhi if you're a creator an inventor or love doing diy hands-on projects you'd love this maker space you can find more details on makersbox.in or in our show notes let's jump into the episode the first match we're going to be talking about is well nothing else you can talk about city versus newcastle it wasn't a standard 3-4 goal drubbing but a 1-0 win is still 3 points isn't it Well, City are making me eat my words pretty badly because I had predicted a dip by now, especially in this busy festive season. But they're just unstoppable, man. I don't know who can who can stop them. Certainly not in nobody's managed it in in the first half of the season. Obviously, they have bigger games coming up against the rest of the the top six. So let's see who has the cojones to turn them over. An interesting thing that that City is doing or Guardiola is doing specifically is the matches against the lower teams are the matches where they're grinding out those one nil to one wins. But when a big team match comes, they just decimate them. You know, you know why I'm actually really scared of this team now. Twenty matches in, mind you, uh, we were all predicting you know they'd have a loss here and there, and you know it'd be a slightly tight title race. Nothing like that at all. What really scares me is. that when teams defend deep these guys don't get phased city just don't get phased they just keep on playing keep on playing keep on probing trying to open up space and in the end they score their goal and they have such a great balance to their team that they hardly concede winning formula pep genius yep okay think about this i read this somewhere they have the best goals for game goals per game they have the best non penalty goals per game they have the biggest big chances created which means straight up chances one on ones or or chances where you're going to score a, a goal from they have the most successful passes created they have the highest passing accuracy and obviously they have the highest possession they have they're averaging a 71% possession per game that's madness you're talking about offensive stats and while i'm inclined to agree with you there the biggest thing for me that sets them apart is their balance they have such a great balance and honestly people think that pep does not work on defending well he kind of doesn't need to because they have all of the ball and it's in their in their middle and attacking third all the time so when are they going to defend ergo the the balance which makes them a 
pretty much shoe in for title winners now it's done and dusted pretty much 100% man and and can you beat this they have the top 3 players for assist this season kdb post this game's assist he's at 9 sterling and silva are at 8 each and they have the three that they have three of the top 10 scorers for the season so i mean offensively they're they're a juggernaut i mean juggernaut's an understatement juggernaut was till like october or like november they're like oh what a what a juggernaut this team now it's just uh, done and dusted just like you said it's unbelievable how they're playing man we can keep on talking about them and how amazing they are but uh, feel that you know we're just going to waste time on the episode just doing that so. i know right let's let's talk about let's talk about the teams that are attempting to chase the best of the rest <laughs> the best of the rest i'd right? like to take a claim for liverpool being the best of the rest i mean they're up there man especially especially if uh, games like united and burnley keep happening i feel so bad for them like two games in a row they've drawn you keep on saying you feel bad for teams why do you feel bad for teams uh, why do you feel bad for teams because this was united's as, problem leicester the 2-2 was united's problem this burnley as well problem. 100% i completely agree with you but i feel bad for well not the team but the players right it's it's so disheartening to to be in that situation and to see a team on top of you which is just not giving up or relenting at all so but i thought they'd be like really bonding on that bus that they sit on and they park <laughs> in front of in front of the goal i thought that bonding would really help that them you know, come through that bus was busted open wide by burnley in that first half wasn't it dude two goals by burnley in the first half by against the way, united jesus by the way that's three errors directly leading to goals by a striker That's Lukaku. <laughs> he's missed. He's he did that twice against City. I mean that 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 first pieces. goal. I mean that that attempted clearance by Lukaku. It's he's trying to swipe the ball away. He's like a meter away from goal. That's what he's going to do. Miss kick. That's fine. But just the fact that the ball's there, the scraps happening. It's not just Lukaku's fault, is it? It's it's the entire team's fault. No, he's been directly responsible for three goals from <laughs> set pieces. He was the one who was supposed uh, to get that ball out of danger. and he either misuses it or misses it it's yeah. his fault nobody yeah. else's fault united follow a man marking system i'm not going to forget that uh, that lukaku clearance which went on the player's head one of the games one of the games where he tried to clear it and it just hit the offensive player's head and just like went i think uh, it was a, it was a city game that you're talking about i think it was a city game yeah. i mean why is lukaku having to do defensive stuff firstly cuz he's a beast and he's good in the air and i would bet my house on mourinho's teams not conceding from set pieces and they are conceding from Your set pieces. Your house is gone man. It's They're gone. conceding from set pieces. So, indirect free kicks, direct free kicks, the works. Yeah, Corners. Man. And it's like these lower teams are just doing City a favor. I mean not I mean Leicester's not these guys aren't lower teams but like teams out of the top 6. They're just doing they're just doing City a favor. Everton drew against uh, Chelsea last last week and Burnley and Leicester now two draws for United. It's not helping the second or third team places uh, the team's cause at all. And City is just running away with it. Burnley I think put in a really solid performance here. They were great defensively as always and those two goals I mean just Jesus and Ibra by the way first start of the season. What do you think of that one? He was awful. He was absolutely he's awful. So off the pace man. It's unbelievable. You know as good as he is a finisher and you know his physical attributes and and how good he is mentally and what a winner he is. He's not mobile. And United at this point could do with some mobile people playing behind Lukaku. Ergo Lingard comes on, scores twice. He's should have scored a hat trick by the way. Yeah, that what a save by Pope. Point blank. I don't think he knew too much about that. But that's reflex. But right? I love that's, that bobble on top of the crossbar. Yeah, yeah. It's so much fun. But that's also reflex, right? Like that's that's a big part of being a good goalkeeper to have great reflexes. DDG has that in spades obviously. 
but it just goes to show that Lingard is slowly well not slowly but he's turning out to be their player of the season their go-to person of the season and that immediate difference that the, the the team showed in that second half I mean Burnley didn't have the game then at all right it was just like them trying to absorb the pressure and that first flick by Lingard was just so good man he's he he's I like how his confidence is building because now basis of this next season is going to be well it's prepping out to be the season where he's going to shine now it's completely up to him whether he does or not True that. Agreed 100%. And Mourinho went completely anti-Mourinho. He took off a centre-half. Rojo went off mm-hmm. and um, Ibra went off and Lingard and Mkhitaryan came on for an all-out attack because Burnley were just content. I mean, they were two goals up. And, you know, they just needed to defend. Any team would be, right? Except for maybe City. Any team would be content to be 2-0 up to United. And Burnley being great defensively, like, had confidence in their defence. But Lingard rattled them quite a bit, that 91st-minute goal. Because it was like a five or six minute stoppage, uh, five or six minute uh, extra time in the end of the second half, it got a little nervy for them. But they did pretty well. And they, they're showing why they're in that top six, top seven now, contenders to be in that position. I don't agree. I mean, Mourinho was moaning about how he's not spent enough money. Are you kidding me? Are you seriously <laughs> kidding me? You have the most expensive midfielder in the world, center midfielder in the world. Right. You have the most expensive striker in the world as well, I believe. Neymar is a winger, so let's keep that out of the equation. So is Dembele. But how can you say you've not spent enough money? And if you've not spent enough money, it's your fault because you haven't identified the right players for spending that kind of money. You have three literally 20-year-olds playing behind Lukaku, of which two of them are from your own academy, Rashford and Lingard. And you have Martial. That's three 20-somethings. Like, they're kids, man. And, And they have hopes of of United, Manchester United, resting on their small little shoulders. Imagine that. Whose fault is that? I mean, you could have said the same thing about City last season. It, it's always a case. And especially when you're going up against a team like City in the form they are, there are there are these cracks that, that, that come up in your team. And then there is always criticism for something or the other that you've done. I don't think Mourinho's approached the transfer market wrong. I don't think he set up his team in a wrong way. He's... The team's fine. And if City wasn't doing what City's doing right now, this team would have been contention for the title and things would have been much different in terms of the criticism that Mourinho faces. I don't want to take away from Burnley's performance here. They they actually have six points against the big six in the league, right? That's the most out of any other team. So I, I actually think they're doing a really, really good job playing against these bigger teams. They're obviously doing a great job playing against the mid-table and lower-table teams. So I feel like this was... A deserved result. I mean, if Lingard would have started, if the if the team would have been well more balanced, I think Mourinho did made a mistake by underestimating Burnley a little bit here. He he tried to rest his players at the wrong time. Maybe the match after or the match before would have been the best time for him to rest these players, and uh, it showed. And as soon as Lingard and Mkhitaryan came on and they went ultra offensive, it showed again. Manu had twenty three shots and they had three on target, and. They scored twice. They scored twice. And and Burnley only had two on target. They scored twice. So it showed. Like the second half completely showed what Manu is capable of. And that should have been the team from the get-go. I think he he did a, he made a mistake by underestimating Burnley a little bit. Which, well, hurt him. I disagree with you, actually. I have an absolutely contrary opinion. I think he gave them too much credit. And he went with two up top. Ibra and Lukaku. And he wanted to see their link up. And um, it just didn't work. Ibra and Lukaku just were not able to unsettle Burnley. Burnley are such a settled defence and they closed down spaces so well. 
it just didn't work. So I think he gave too much credit to Burnley and he should have, like you said, started with Lingard uh, from the start to get that mobility, to get Lingard buzzing around, winning the ball back high up, feeding Lukaku in, you know, that getting that link up going because they've been quite good uh, in these past few matches together. So I think he gave Burnley a little too much credit. And, uh, well, it's uh, I thought that second and third both are done and dusted as well. I don't think so anymore. That's interesting. We actually had a um, prediction last week to who we think is going to finish second. I actually think it might be Chelsea now because they're just a point behind United. And just these two draws at this juncture of the season, I'm pretty sure Mourinho's coming out with a statement being like, yeah, I'm done with the league. I'm just going to make sure I have Champions League qualification done and I'm going to focus on the Champions League from the remainder. You wish he was that honest. You wish he was that honest. He's just going to play the blame game and it's never his fault, is it? It's the refs. It's the wrong calls, it's his players, it's the opposition, parking the bus, lol. But it's never him. <laughs> it isn't. And, uh, well, I mean, sadly, that's how that's how great managers usually are. They're never, they're never blunt and upfront about what the mistakes were. And, uh, well, Mourinho's, well, on the opposite end of that spectrum. So he'll never, he'll never concede. And he'll just he'll just blame it on someone, but uh, whatever. He's he's still good. No denying that. And What's your obsession with Mourinho? No man, I just love him for some I reason. Really like. He's him. never even managed UA. He never managed Italy. He managed Inter. Got them the treble. Oh. UA was languishing at that time. That what, well, why do you good... love him so much? You're saying that manager, good managers, don't come out and say it, what is to be said. Klopp does it. Klopp does it at times. Mm. Let Klopp win something, and then we can talk about it. What do you mean win something? He's won two Bundesligas. Wow. Just wow. Oh my god, amaze. Yeah, obviously, Mourinho is more decorated. But Mourinho does not have that kind of record of developing players. He buys players. And now, when City are out buying him, getting better players, Guardiola is killing it in the transfer market because he knows how he wants to play. He has that identity. It's getting to Mourinho. He can't handle it. I agree. I agree. I think it is definitely getting to Mourinho. And it and it should. Because they're, they're such rivals just outside of the Premier League and stuff as well. Like... On a personal level, they're, they're such big rivals. And to see your rival do so well, I agree that Guardiola's killing it in the transfer market. He has an identity for the team. He knows who to buy, which exact player in which position to buy. And they're obviously going to flock to him. Um, that is definitely getting to him. It's going to be interesting how next season pans out for between both of these guys. And the transfer market, especially in the summer, is going to be a good one to watch. Let's talk about two games which are not as close or tight, but were... Complete goal fest. First, let's just talk about Spurs and Saints. Harry Kane, props, man. Congratulations. Man, I hate fantasy. I just hate fantasy. What? You know what? Okay, we're going to get back into it later. But, man, this guy. This guy. He has to be up there with Messi and Ronaldo purely on his goal-scoring feats. Well, now he is, right? In numbers. He has more goals than Ronaldo and Messi this calendar year. That's unbelievable. I'm not a fan of the calendar year numbers, to be honest. But credit where credit's due. He is the most complete striker. He is the best striker in the world. It used to be Lewandowski. They're very similar, by the way, in right. terms of their physique, technique. I agree. Everything very similar. But Lewandowski hasn't proven it in the Prem. Imagine what Kane would be doing in the Bundesliga with Bayern. <laughs> right, right. But it's just also, I feel like this game proved that Spurs on on full flow are actually a team to reckon with. Because the first two goals if he, uh, that he got, right, he got such wonderful service by his by his players around him, right? Ericsson and Delhi Ali, And all he had to do was just like tap them in or head them in. His third goal was phenomenal, obviously, that chip above uh, the keeper. But 
it's also a lot to do because he's an out and out striker he's not he's not building the play up he's not playing from the back he he requires that that service he requires those balls to come in at the right place at the right time and if he has those consistent players around him he will be getting 30 goal seasons all the time well i agree with you on the service but at the same time he is a great link up man as well he brings others into play he can play number 10 just as well he plays uh, as well as he plays the number 9 role and son benefits a lot by playing with kane because not only are defenders focusing on kane a lot and son gets a little more space plus he's speedy and good at 1v1s but kane brings him into the play right kane lays off the ball to him as well and well it's probably just a question of how bad southampton were on the day as well i agree i agree i don't think they were the best team and the two goals they got were because spurs slightly switched off there but still man five goals against any team is is a mean feat and harry kane jesus what But a guy spurs have their fab four of eriksen deli ali son and kane should we move on to the real fab four let's do man let's do swansea playing playing the lowest team the lowest placed team in the league and you put them up against a liverpool which is on fire absolute fire and what do you get just like an offensive tear they just went ham they just like running in circles just like doing whatever they want swansea had absolutely no answer for these guys the fab four wasn't even playing together by the way it was yeah, just the, no money, the right? terrifying three which is like good enough right I it's think like the 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 dynamic duo is also enough by the end of it for most teams. Jesus man. I mean Coutinho a lot of talks about him going to Barcelona. I I personally think it's going to happen. And now he's just showing off to Barcelona. He's like, "Hey, this is what you're getting, guys." What a goal. That first goal is so good. I was just mouth open like applauding. I was just applauding. I was like, "This guy, he's got 19 goals from outside the box since his debut in in 2013." Right. which is the most of any player including you know your canes etc and he's uh, second in in that for liverpool just behind stevie g who's got 33 so he's probably not going to complete them for liverpool because he's well you never know man still a few games left maybe before he goes oh you think he's going to score 15 goals from outside the box <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i don't know if if his if his transfer gets delayed to the summer then you never know this guy do it what what gets to me the most is how many times he he elicits that emotion in me where i'm watching it and i'm like this is unbelievable how can someone do that and yet again week after week or like once or twice a month he's just doing stuff like that which is unbelievable he is the heir to iniesta it's plain and simple he is the heir to iniesta he will go to barcelona and, and he'll have that extra edge that iniesta never had right in terms of the goal scoring ability as well like if if the pass isn't working out if the outlets not working out no worries i got it for you curl right corner top goal for sure Um, for me, Iniesta is still God. In I mean, I, for I bow down to Iniesta in front of any other player. But uh, you're right on that. He does carry that goal-scoring threat, and he can he can play the same role that he's playing in Liverpool right now, which is that attacking left-sided central midfield role, where he's just got the freedom to do whatever he wants. Or he can play that left-wing role as well when Dembele is injured or not playing well, or or if if uh, Valdeverde wants to uh, tinker with the tactical formation. So, yeah, I mean. but let's let's not take anything away from in my opinion liverpool's well most important player and it's not sala for me no yeah it's for me no interesting why do you think that uh his work rate his uh tactical awareness his intelligence his positioning the runs he makes 
his vision he's just got it all the only thing he lacks is that spot of pace just a tiny bit everything else he's gotten in bundles i i see what you mean man and can't take anything away from liverpool they haven't lost a boxing day game since 1981 that's that's a tremendous record right and swansea just they're just cementing their place in that in that last spot and i don't think they're going to be clawing their way out of the out of the uh, relegation zone especially because they are managerless so <sighs> great game and another interesting tidbit or news about liverpool that just came through congratulations on van dijk thank you sir thank you very much how happy are you on spending every money every penny that you have on a defender really now um <laughs> that's one of the reasons uh, why i think that liverpool will be selling coutinho in the summer because it's just going to get he's performing even better than he was last season so um liverpool should be getting close to 150 million for coutinho and the way the market is just shaped up yeah that's impossible half, that, half of that been half of that's been spent on vvd so who's who's a great great player that's a great signing obviously overpriced but the market is like that and well um southampton u team could be liverpool's first team in the next few years but um uh, 75 million left over if that 150 mil is correct i was always kidding about the money situation liverpool's not that bad off they've they've made a, uh, some money over sterling they made that money on suarez and it's not like they've reinvested all of that so I think it's a great addition a because of the shaky defensive situation that Liverpool are in and uh, something that our guest Aditya mentioned on the last episode is that Virgil van Dijk has a good personality as a player uh, Liverpool need something like that to complement maybe what Henderson's doing so he he might be seen as a future Liverpool captain as well and just that defensive solidity to to help Mignolet as much as possible because that man cannot do everything <laughs> he can't do much to it everything he can't do anything yeah uh, he's uh, pretty much a square peg in a round hole he shouldn't be a keeper yeah, it's like a, it's like it's like a, a standee like a cut out of a keeper just kept there to yeah. like to like say he that should oh, just I'll take go. throw-ins <laughs> <laughs> he should not be in goal the most important position on the pitch he should not be in goal yeah man so so he needs all the stability up uh, ahead of him and i hope that uh, liverpool actually dip into the transfer market again and and try to find a good replacement for him because they really need to i, I don't think they have good backups for the keeper role as well so they need someone who's who's stable and solid and i feel like with vvd and moreno once he comes back to full health and uh, klein and and a new goalkeeper i think liverpool's defensive problems would have been sorted to a good good degree then I'm still a, as much as I'm happy about the VVD transfer. Um let's mm, we won't focus too much on the price because that's how the market is and we have to accept it, especially for the bigger clubs. He's the most expensive defender of all time. Come on, let's focus He's on the price a little bit probably in the summer. Come on. By uh, whom? Whoever, City maybe. Who knows? Uh, PSG. It could be anybody. It doesn't really matter. United. Um PSG PSG seems seems like a team they'll pay they'll pay like 70 million for Zabalat or something if they want him. <laughs> let's, just, let's just do anything. Let's, let's not go there. Financial fair play. Uh, no, no. Um so I'm a little skeptical even though about uh, VVD coming in and settling that back four. I've always said it's not just about the personnel. It's about the mentality, it's about the coach and what he transfers onto his players. and of course it's about the qualitative soft aspects of the game like leadership like discipline like knowing how to organize a defense being a talker and liverpool used to have that in hippia liverpool used to have that in cara it's not been seen ever since aga was pretty good at it as well was let go the worst move ever worst move ever letting daniel aga go and that's the only thing i'm skeptical about uh, he's definitely an upgrade to clavin and lovren but 
can he pull it together can he hold that defense together can he can he hold that team together when when they're creaking against the big teams because that happens liverpool tends to take the lead and then blow it that's what champions are made of right you take the lead and you hold on to it no matter what happens you just hold on to it you get the three points and you move on liverpool just can't seem to do that they can't win ugly but it's fine you guys have james milner he can always step in oh why did byrton james will become the goalkeeper man i'm sure he'll do a, he'll do a better job than minnie lay for sure 100% but he's too short Milner should become the goalkeeper. <laughs> Milner right. should become the goalkeeper. <laughs> right, right. Before you start on your delusional rant, I'm, can I'm you move riding, on to Chelsea, I'm, Brighton? I'm riding to Klopp right now, man. Of course, you have his personal email ID, don't you? Oh, maybe you have him on WhatsApp. I'll I'll tweet at Milner. Or should we should we add Klopp to the football corner of Facebook group? He's already there, guys. Go check it out. Anyways, moving on to Chelsea and Brighton and Hove Albion. Can you stop calling it Albion? I you just did love, that last time as well. I love saying that word. Albion. Every time an Albion teams comes in, I'll just be like Albion. Raul. Raul Albion. Albion. No, we have West Brom as well. But uh, this match, man, I think it's a good return for Murata, confidence booster after setting out the last game and surprise, surprise, Aspilicueta and, and Murata linking up. What's what's with that, man? What the hell is with that? No, man, it's like Spanish telepathy or something it's, happening there. It, I mean, what the hell is up with that? I mean, how can Alspiliqueta, who's like the most reliable defender in the world, give him six assists? Six. Well, I think it's also because Murata's that go to. If you notice the assists, they're all pretty similar situations. Yeah. Where it's where it's not like a ball thrown into the box with it's three players. It's a half flank cross. Yeah, and it's only guided towards Murata. Alspiliqueta, no one can deny his quality, so the ball's always there, and and Murata's proven to be good in the air, so. I can see it happening. Um, I'm not too surprised, but they're linking up really well. I think Conte is going to be extremely pleased with that. And because of Burnley drawing against United, they're only a point behind United in that second place. Again, complementing my reasoning as to why Chelsea might just finish second. Interesting. Uh, might just be inclined to agree on that, and uh, I'd like to just put it out there that if Liverpool find that balance with VVD, might just be them. That's interesting man if we really starts performing from the get go I honestly see them climbing up to at least third for sure you can never discount Arsenal second half of the season that's I that's, you can it's their bread and butter it's it's what Weng- it's the only thing Wenger's good at second half of the season crawl into that top 4 you second- know who I'm not discarding is Tottenham it's Spurs they're it's- back in form they're ripping teams apart and the all these all these teams uh, Liverpool Chelsea United Arsenal uh, Tottenham it's it it all depends on their results against each other i feel i agree man who would have thought that the exciting part of the 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 season would be who finishes second and third i swear <laughs> to god man city's just killed i don't i don't remember a season like this but let's see man let's see this city seem untouchable but you know they haven't had injuries at all and are you, are you waiting for ktb to get injured seriously i am yeah although at the same time silva hasn't played uh, two out of the last three games Doesn't and he matter. he in my opinion is city's Best player, head and shoulders. Head and shoulders, he's City's best player. It's not KDB, it's actually David Silva. And has been for a long time. But uh, let's see when they get a few injuries. Yeah, they have injuries at the back. And then Fernandinho goes into the back for... Or Mangala comes in. Who's kind of had a rebirth. Like a phoenix. (laughs) Rising from the ashes. But uh, let's see when, when, you know, Sterling gets injured. And KDB, Silva, Fernandinho, 
I agree. I agree. I feel like injuries would be uh, the only thing that pulls them down. But I feel like they're so far ahead now that it doesn't matter. It, you don't see them dropping. You're right. Losing You're right. out eight matches or out of the remaining season. They, so, they're 15 points ahead. Um, in order for teams to cut that gap, they have to lose five times. And every and the other team have to, win. have to win every game. Right. Not happening. Not happening. So they're definitely winning. But... It's going to be exciting to see who finishes in the Champions League places, automatic qualifications, who has to sit for the qualifiers, who finishes Europa League. I'm pretty excited about the second half of the season, man. Pretty stoked. Yeah, for sure. But uh, I hope, I mean, how are we going to throw it in, in, you know, La Liga fans' faces and Serie A fans' faces and Bundesliga fans' faces? You know, the Prem is the best in the world. When bloody Pep starts doing what he used to do with Bayern. You know, win the league in March. And then and then the argument there was, oh, it's just Bayern, maybe maybe Leipzig, oh, Schalke can play a little bit, Dortmund can play a little bit. So, okay, no, look at Premier League. He's, he's <laughs> doing the same thing. He's on course to beat his own record of 19 consecutive wins. I have no words. I have no words. I mean, we have some words, but it's the, they're the same words that everyone's thinking and saying at the same time. <sighs> I'd rather my words be directed towards the team of the season, which will obviously have 70% City players in it. Let's wait and find out. So it's time for our next segment. And Vicky, I'm really excited about this one because we're going to be discussing our team of the season so far. And to you guys who are listening to us right now, we'd love to hear what you think about the team of the season. And reach out to us on our Facebook group. Don't forget your formations. Before we actually discuss the players in our team, Bharat, I'm curious to know what your formation is. Yeah, since I've been harping on about formations in this episode, I'm going for a... Tactical 4141. 4-1-4-1. Yeah. The coach has spoken. And All I'm right. just following the Baldi's lead. Because <laughs> he he's uses that a lot. Jesus. Is your team of the season Manchester City FC? <laughs> you know what? If it if it is, you can't blame me. I can't. I can't. Alright, so let's hear your players. So I've got uh, DDG in goal. I think that's fairly obvious. It's between DDG and, and Edison, I believe. So I've got DDG in there. I don't know, man. I think Pope's made a good argument for being in that team as well. You know, that's a fairly good point you make there, Vicky, for once. Wow. And uh, I'm inclined to to agree with you on that, that it's between the three of them instead of the two of them. And we haven't got, neither of us have got Edison in. So, you know, yeah, okay, fine. You can get Pope. That's fine. No, I still have DDG. <laughs> <laughs> I was just talking about you. No, no. I, I'll go with DDG as well because he's... Uh, Superhuman. And I'm shocked that he didn't stop those two goals. It's ap- off days happen to everyone. Yeah, where the opposition scores one point blank and one top corner free kick from the edge of the ball. What a beautiful shot by Defoe though. So good. It was. Although I was half expecting DDG to get there, honestly. I mean, after that Arsenal game, you expect him to get to anything now. So don't blame you. Alright, so you have DDG in goal. What about the defense? So I have uh, Walker at right back. I think he's been absolutely essential to the way City play. Uh, Pep desperately needed fullbacks. And he went out and bought two of the very best in Walker and Mendy. And I think Walker just flying up and down that flank has just freed up Sterling on that side. And that's why Sterling is getting into such good positions. So it's Walker for me on the right side. On the left side, I've got a slightly left field pick. It's uh, Aspilicueta because I just had to get him in there. And he's played there for Chelsea for at least one season, if not two, including their title-winning season. And he's the best out-and-out defender in the world. He plays in a back three as a centre-back for crying out loud. He's tiny. But, uh, I'll, never, I'll never forget that Mourinho quote when he was managing Chelsea. He's like, I'd rather have 11 Aspilicuetas in my team 
over anything. Hundred percent. You you'd rather have eleven Aspies than eleven Messi's or eleven Ronaldo's because it's the balance that gets you, um, you know, wins and and titles and championships. Right. And Aspie is just as good technically. He can spot a pass. He can obviously cross the ball. We've seen that with his and Morata's link up. He's he's a Spanish player, so you know he's uh, been born in this golden generation of of Spain, and he's he's fulfilling his technical potential, no doubt. But then you look at him; he wins every header. He's the best one v one defender, and his positioning is always spot on. I'm shocked that he's not Chelsea club captain. I'm shocked. Interesting. I think that's a good pick too. What about the centre backs? So I have Otamendi in there. I think that's a pretty straightforward pick. Man City, great balance. He's been chipping in with goals. He's really come into himself this season. You know, they're not missing uh, company at all, which is shocking. So I think that's pretty standard. And then I've got Ben Mee from Burnley. Uh, I think he's been rock solid, and he's been one of the biggest reasons why Burnley is where they are at the moment in the table. And then I just I go back to that clearance from Rashford against United. I can't believe he anticipated that and got there. I just can't believe it. I just couldn't believe it. I thought, okay, this is a goal for sure because he's beaten the keeper. And then he just he's Mee is just there and he just calmly clears the ball off the line. I know. I. It, He's he's really good. He's actually in my team too. But I, I'm Burnley's just killing it with defense, and it's like an understatement how well they're performing. All right. So moving on to your one, uh, my one in center midfield is a well. It was between two of the best this season. Uh, I picked Fernandinho. The other pick would have been Kante, but I picked Fernandinho. I think he's been phenomenal. Uh, manages space really well. Manages that holding zone really well. And he's technically fantastic, and he chips in with a goal here and there. So, yeah, and then and then he he falls back and he helps out the defense really well too. So he's he's yeah, I agree with you. He's he's top two in the prem for for the CDM role. Yeah, um, in the four that I have playing behind the striker on the right side, I think it has to be Salah. Who? Mo Salah. Oh, I've heard of himself. Him. I've heard of him. Yeah. Um, that's 15 goals and five assists in 20 Premier League games. That's outstanding. Uh, moving on to um, the attacking central midfield roles, I've got the two geniuses of Man City, KDB and Silva. I think they're just about as good as each other. Um, KDB is better with the crosses and the pacey balls that he puts in from the wing, from the flank, and from the half flank. And Silva is just amazing in hitting the play. He just makes those small little passes and and movements, and and he just links everything together. And he plays that assist before the assist. So both of them in that attacking central midfield role. Well, no wonder Man City is winning the league. And then on the left side, I have uh, Sterling. I think that's a fairly obvious choice is between him and Sane probably on that side. And up front, I'll let you take a wild wild guess. Uh, uh, Alan Shearer. Who? Uh, 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 Robert Lewandowski, Harry Kane, Harry Kane, yeah, yeah, yeah. You I know heard who that is? guy too. Heard of that guy too? I mean, no brainer, obviously. What a beast, man! What a beast! I I like your team a lot, man. Actually, um, I'm I already have my team decided, so there might be a few overlaps. No cheating done here. Just just by the way. So intrigued to hear what your team's looking like. I have the same person in goal as you did. Pope was just a wrench I wanted to throw into your team. He's obviously, I think he would be my backup keeper here, but De Gea gets the the call in for the keeper. 
Uh, I I had the same center backs as you do, me and Otamendi. I completely agree with everything you said about them. Me, big reason, uh, along with another player I'm going to mention, as to why Burnley are doing so well. Of course, with Pope in the mix as well. And Otamendi, um, he's doing great. He's he's he hasn't uh, let City down too much. He's a little aggressive. He has a lot of yellow cards here and there, but he's also chipped in with the goals, which is really important for City and. Whenever a team has all of its players chipping in for the goals, you know that team's going to go the distance, right? Because they're not relying on one or two or three players. So I completely agree with you. Me and Otamendi are my center backs. For my full backs, I actually have two right backs. I don't think that matters too much since this is a whole team of the season thing. Uh, for my first one, it's Antonio Valencia from United. Interesting. Uh, he's he's that most underrated player according to me. He's a workhorse. Uh, just like what Walker does for City, he he just darts down that right side, frees up a lot of space. He'll have the most crosses from that right side in. And especially now that you have Lukaku, when you had Ibra in your team as well, you have Pogba, you have such towering players. To have someone there who can consistently throw the ball in um, um, and and you know it's it's a reliable option to have, uh, I, think it, I think it's a godsend. And that coupled with obviously his great defensive abilities as well. He's quick, he's reliable, he's he's their captain for the season right now. Well, he's vice captain, but obviously uh, Carrick is out injured yeah, and, and so won't play. Much, I count so. I count him as a captain. Yeah. I think I think he's stepped up and he's doing a great job on that right side. And the second fullback I have in my team is uh another player from Burnley, Ward. I think he's along with me and Pope being behind them. He's th- these three are the reason that Burnley's done what they've done, right? And uh, it's sad that he got injured. I think he's he's on his way to recovery now. And they haven't missed him because they ended up drawing United. Who would have thought that? I think he's done a tremendous job as well. So Stephen Ward, for me, completes my four-person defense. So that's Ward, me, Otamendi, and Valencia. Jumping to midfield, uh, I did not go with Fernandinho for my CDM. I actually ended up picking Kante. Just a big fan of that guy. And the effort he puts in... Everything that he does, just tremendous. And his work rate, he, he'll he always be at the right place, right time. He won't miss out on a tackle. And he's doing really well in terms of the number of successful tackles he's had this this season as well. So in my opinion, he's, he's a notch above Fernandinho. And he gets the CDM position. For the two remaining attacking midfielders, I have KDB. I, I, surprise, complete, surprise. I completely agree with you. I actually think he's... He's had a bigger impact uh, on City's play um, compared to Silva uh, just because of the qualities you mentioned and also his abilities to just get out of tight situations so easily. Imagine what KDB is going to be like two seasons down the road. Um, I can't <laughs> it's imagine. It's a scary, I'm scary thought. Scared. And I feel, like, I feel like he's their player of the season. And to be, well, in my opinion, the player of the season of the team that's doing so well, he's a shoe in in anyone's team. The other midfielder is it's it was maybe the toughest pick for me uh, in terms of picking my team of the season, but I did want to sort of pull this player in because of the impact he's had for his team and the impact he's had on the Premier League as as a whole. Uh, it's Richarlison. Interesting, because I feel like he's obviously it's it's plain to see he's the reason Watford have performed at the level they have been performing. Obviously, that dip came, but um, that's again because the team relies on one or two people so heavily. But also the guy's age and and the way he's he, his his talent is being nurtured and it's it's coming out. I feel like he has a he has a great road ahead of him and he's already proving this season that he's 
definitely Watford's player of the player of the season, but he's also going to start cementing his position in the Brazil squad, which is obviously such a tough squad to get into. <coughs> Excuse me. He plays on the left and Brazil have Neymar. Who's that? And Coutinho. Who's that? I'm kidding. Obviously, I still think Rich Allison's going to start putting in those games for Brazil. And to be to be a player who's had such an impact at such a young age, uh, this is his this is his first season in the Premier League, straight from uh, uh, the Liga in, in Brazil. And to have such an immediate impact against big teams, against small teams, to lift a team like Watford, obviously Marco Silva, credit by credit, dude, but to lift a team like Watford to a position where it's at right now, I think he's having a tremendous season. And he's, he's up until this first half of the season, he's, he's my midfielder for right there. And my front three, I mean... I'm not even going to talk about Harry Kane and Mo Salah because it's just like it's just like fantasy, right? You have to have, and obviously this is not a fantasy team of the year. It's it's a well, it's just the players we we rate highly as players. Otherwise, Kante wouldn't be in there, for example. Neither would Fernandinho. And you have to have a proper formation with the balance and and how a team would actually work. So yeah, okay. And then um, Salah and Kane, obviously, shoe wins there. But for my left winger, instead of Sterling, I pick Sane. Interesting. I, I think he has a very unique impact in that team. He just, just, just his presence, just like marauding th- down that left side, what he does, what he provides to that team. And hypothetically, if this front three were a thing, right, that Sane and Kane link up would be magical because the service Kane would be getting, uh, the amount of times Kane would be getting the ball in a goal scoring position is something that I feel Sterling is yet to well, add to his game, that aspect of it. So as a left winger, out and out left winger, I think Sane gets the call up over Sterling, in my opinion. I really like that choice by you because I really rate Sane. And um, honestly, if it hadn't been for Sane playing on the left side, then uh, Benjamin Mendy's injury would have been felt a lot greater by Man City. I agree. Because he hugs the touchline and he has pace to burn. And his, his crosses, they have a lot of pace on them. And he's got good vision. So... Um, that's a pretty good pick. Actually, um, I I, I want to touch upon that point about Mendy being absent. I think Fabian Delft's done a really good job. Um, it wasn't expected when he started playing because you thought that Danilo would be taking the the rightful spot there. But Pep's been playing Fabian Delft more and more over Danilo and uh, he's been doing pretty well. But I completely agree about the point about Sané. But Sané, I mean, he's so good, man. And, and from a fantasy perspective, from a general player perspective, he just provides so many options to to Pep and I feel like Pep uses him really well he makes sure that he rests Sane when the game's locked up whenever they're playing a team which he he thinks that the full strength isn't required he benches him but that and that's for a reason he won't do that with Sterling because he knows Sterling revolves around the pitch especially around that box you'll find him anywhere he'll be at a position he'll get you your goals and stuff like that but without Sane in that team especially in an important match There'll be something lacking with the Man City lineup. So he's a shoe in for me. That's my front three Sane, Kane, and Salah. Well, I th- you know, I thought I'd be disputing your team a lot more than I actually did. And I like your formation as well. It's a 4 3 3. It's an attacking one. So it's good. So, guys, that's our team of the season so far. And we'd love to hear your thoughts on our teams of the season. And then we'd like to give you our thoughts on your team of the season. So let us know what it is on our Facebook group, The Football Corner. Or you can tweet at us at Football Babas. So that about wraps it up for this episode of The Football Corner. This has been a Muncher Media production. Catch you guys next episode. See you soon.